The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. So, like, the weird thing about that is the word that he was spray painting onto the glass uh-huh. at the beginning was piss. Oh, okay. And I always thought that that was really funny as a kid watching the movie. Yeah. Because it seems like such an odd thing to vandalize. Like, why, you know, people write, like, oh, fuck you, or like... Or, like, draw a dick. Or, like, a dick is a classic move. Yeah. Like, an anarchy sign if you're into that kind of shit. Oh, especially in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, but, like, he was writing piss. Yeah. So, I always thought that was really funny when I when I was younger and watching it. But, what I realized over the years, and through the increased level of maturity that I have gained okay. uh, in my older age, I feel like that's a, a there's a little bit more going on there. Like what? Well, I mean, when you, when you consider the entire context of it. Okay. Uh, this kid is so much more than just an uh, early teen vandal, I think. All right. I think he's a warrior for environmental justice. Well, like an activist? Yeah. This is, the word piss is not just a random vulgarity in this case. It is a descriptor of the poor treatment uh-huh. of the uh, of the aquarium's environment. I, I mean, I guess I the, I the water that this whale is forced to exist in is it's just just he's, piss. He's creating an analog to a giant toilet. Yeah. So he's writing the word piss and saying that this will not stand. Well, man, it sounds like Free Willy is a lot deeper than we we're led to believe, right? I'm saying. Yeah, man. That kid, uh, he had more going on in his in his little noggin than you think. Apparently. And hey, man, I, I just learned something new. Yeah, that whale was swimming in piss. That Willie and Willie. Michael Jackson sang about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then R. Kelly came in and peed on everybody. Yeah, yeah. If, if R. Kelly was starring in that movie, it probably would have been a tank of piss. I well yeah all right yeah that's there you go man there's some free willy yeah. talk there that's uh, <laughs> uh shit ladies hey. and gentlemen welcome to the show we are Dan hey, that's, that's scary. scary my name is Micah I'm joined alongside the the handsome face mustachio Greg Here Will Will's back on the fucking moon how does he keep getting there man? uh you gave him directions yeah just kidding I know yeah <laughs> sorry uh, so he's he's back on the moon yep. Crack bam straight to the moon, but hopefully Will will be back next week uh, for uh, for a new month here. At Damn, that's scary. Doing the one man uh, recreation play of Space Jam, I believe. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you see the new one? Fuck no. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I heard. Not uh, I heard the Droogies were in it. Clockwork Orange, they were in it, making them seem like they're all cute and stuff. When that, really they're just a bunch of rapers. Yeah, that seems incredibly inappropriate for like a family in- movie. Incredibly inappropriate. What would Kubrick say about this? I mean, their their lives centered around drugs and rape. Were they basketball players singing in the rain? Like in the, in the Space Jam movie, were they, like were they playing against like the Tiny Tunes? Yeah, how does that work? Well, 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 what are we here? <laughs> Everybody's limping in the locker room after the game. <laughs> oh, God. Bit of the violence. Yeah, sorry, Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we have a lot to cover today, Greg. Yes, we do. Uh, and uh, especially for not having an episode last week, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that at the Apology Corner. But, dude, first things first, man, I just got to come out and say it. So, well, 
Speaking of coming out, uh, Alvira released her memoirs last week, and she finally came out of the closet. Alvira has been in a relationship for 19 years with a woman. Hey, good for you, Alvira. It's something that she was trying to keep secret because, obviously, the the appeal of Alvira is is that we all want to fuck her, Mm -hmm. and uh, if she's just basically a straight-up lesbian, it kind of kills a little bit of that, but now that she's 70 oh, years young... Maybe for you. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, no, def- definitely not for me. Are you kidding me? That makes it even hotter. Uh, I'm saying. But uh, this has actually been... Because uh, I, I know a, a couple that are uh, at Dead End Toys and Tees. They're fantastic. Uh, this lesbian couple that I'm friends with. And they told me a couple years back that it's been like this well-kept secret that Elvira is gay. I didn't believe them. Well, apparently not if they knew. I uh, I guess in the lesbian community they knew, but they weren't going to out her. Okay. Yeah, they look out for each other, man. I don't exactly know how that works or how big uh, the community is. I don't know, man. In I'm, terms of numbers or percentages, but I guess they all know each other. I, I guess. I mean, scissor me timbers. Good for you, Elvira. This yeah. is fucking great. And I'm Do looking it. forward to uh, picking up her book. And reading the shit out of it because I love her. Absolutely. I'm going to have to skip the chapter on Tom Jones for personal reasons. Ah, uh, ooh, yeah. You know, but, uh, he put her in the hospital. He put me in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Listen back to episode 17 if you guys want to yeah, know the context for this, uh, for this little inside joke. Tom Jones has a notoriously big penis. Yes. Which apparently so does James Woods that you just told me. Yeah, Okay. I don't know why I'm getting to that, but I just am. Are we segueing into uh, Videodrome real quick? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are we will talk or about you Videodrome. Just, you just want to talk about people with large penises that we know about. I, I mean, sure. All right. Why not? So there's James Woods. Uh-huh. Uh, there's Tom Jones. Uh-huh. And um, my buddy Dalton Castle, who's in Ring of Honor. All right. There's this dude Greg I've heard a little bit about. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah? I'm just kidding. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, dick jokes, am I right, everybody? Hey, waka waka. Okay. Hey. We're damn that scary. We're damn, hey, this is the program. This is what you signed up for. But yeah, Elvira's memoirs are out. Definitely pick that up. I'm sure it's at your Walden Books. Is that still a thing? Yeah, sure. Borders? Uh, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble, that's, that's the one. one. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> we read. Dude, I fucking read. Yeah. I'm reading uh, Max, Max Brooks has a book out called De-Evolution about... Uh, uh, a bunch of Sasquatch coming down into a community because a volcano erupted. Beautiful. He's famous for his uh, zombie books. And his dad. Who's his dad? Uh, Mel Brooks. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, it's his dad. He does have a famous dad. He does have a famous dad. Okay, he never made a zombie movie, but... No, but uh, he did do Young Frankenstein, and for that, saddles. we thank you. Yeah. Good stuff, Mel. Well, Mel. Well. Hey, you know what, man? Blazing Saddles wouldn't fly in this day and age. Yeah, no fucking shit. Uh, Probably not. (laughs) No. Uh, Dude, there is a... uh, Did you hear about this guy, Mark Metzger, uh, from Texas? He was walking around as Michael Myers, like head to toe as Michael Myers. I mean, it's spooky season. Uh, Spooky season? This was this year? Uh, It's just happened. Okay. All right, so... uh, He might might be a little little early for the Mike Myers costume. Never too early for the Mike... First, dude, Halloween Kills is less than a month away. Uh, It's already going to be October when this episode drops, maybe. No, actually, no, it's not not the end of October. Uh, But uh, what I'm getting at is is that... uh, Oh, sorry. The dude was dressed as Michael Myers, head to toe, right? Yes. Mitchell Metzger dressed as Michael Myers. Got it. Yes. Uh, 
pointing the knife at the neighbors and stuff like that, trying oh. to have a good time, trying to spread a little bit of Halloween cheer, a little bit of joy. Well, apparently, uh, <laughs> it depends on which side of the knife. When you're, you're uh, well, first off, you're in Texas. I wouldn't do that shit in fear of getting shot. Yes, uh, you can do that there, but. The mask is white, so I think he's okay in that sense. Okay. Uh, but they did call the police on him. Okay. And uh, dude, easy. dude got arrested, but I guess they took him down to the station, and the cops actually posed with him in the Michael Myers outfit, taking That's selfies with him and shit. Turned out the cops had a good sense of humor about it. They just gave him a little citation. Happy Boom. ending after all. Dude, speaking of happy endings, Tom Jones showed up. Oh. Oh. You know that still hurts. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I. Uh, so, did uh, you know that he's got a giant tick? Did you hear about James Woods' penis? Yeah, these, all these guys. Huge. They haunt my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Thanks. <laughs> I just love James Woods so much in uh, in uh, Vampires. Yeah. When he's like, hey, Valak, 400-year-old vampire, one thing I want to lo- one thing I want to know, that dick still work? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Not a bad question, James. I mean, I can't see John Carpenter actually writing that, so I imagine James Woods just goes, no, I'm saying this. Gotta be an ad lib. Gotta be. <laughs> yeah. If I know James Woods, and I think I do. You know that part was meant for, uh, it was actually... Uh, meant for Tom Jones? Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, Kurt Russell. Okay. Uh, but the other guy that they actually had uh, auditioned for the part was Joe Pesci. I can't picture that. I can, and I think that'd be fucking amazing. Since when are James Woods and Joe Pesci interchangeable? <laughs> Turns out Joe Pesci has a huge dick, just like James Woods. Right? From the waist down, they're identical. <laughs> I can't pick those two out in a lineup. <laughs> Give me an array of dicks to, so, I can, so I can find the star of my movie. <laughs> oh, speaking of dicks, man, I can't wait to talk about the fucking movie of the night. Uh, but uh, back, let's get back on track here, man. A lot man. of dicks in store in this A lot episode. of dicks. Uh, Stay tuned. I'm a big fan of Vans. Me too. Not like the vans, like uh, like a like a van you drive around in. The sneakers, of course. Yeah, I love them. Comfortable, uh, vans, fashionable, very, very comfortable, Perfect. very fashionable. If you're a skater boy, I said, see you later, boy. Put on some fucking vans. Yeah, get a little checkerboard on there. Hey, man, are we fucking in the mighty mighty Boston? You're into ska. That is your cho- your shoe of choice. If you're into ska, jump out a fucking window. I uh, take your suspenders and your pork pie hat with you. <laughs> I don't mean that. I do mean that. You do. You I, I had a ska phase. We all did. We did. If you were alive in the 90s, you had a ska phase, however brief it may have been. I'm more embarrassed by my ska phase than my juggalo phase. That's fair. Because the juggalo thing wasn't a phase. It's a fucking lifestyle. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, still, you're still not out of it, I don't think. Of course I'm not. I mean, I can see you. The listeners can't. But you do have a residue around your hairline in oh, it's your ears. Oh, it's it's a uh, it's a little white kind of kind of grease paint semen buildup. Uh, well, I was gonna let you off the hook on that. Hey one. man, I went skiing with James Woods, and Joe Pesci. We had a good time. <laughs> uh, Vans, they are uh, coming out with a horror collection. Okay, it. They have an it sneaker. Guess what? It's checkered. Is it's there, ska. Is there a clown on it? No, it's covered in balloons. Oh, it's uh, it's it's black and white checkers with little red balloons on it. Okay, uh, The Shining. That's a good one too. Uh, the Shining one's okay, uh, and then there's. What do we got? Does it have the the door scene? No, it has. Jack coming uh, through. Here's Johnny. Uh, I fuck. I can't. I gotta go to the Twitter thing to bring it up. But it's, uh, it's more like yellow. The uh, um, 
there's the shining logo with the face. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, the cover of the book. Yes, yes, the cover of the book. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, which I mean, kind of like. Oh, and then it has like all work, no play uh, written around it. Oh, and red rum is around the bottom of it as I can well. Picture that. Okay. It's a lot. It's a little too much going a little on. Typewriter font, little uh, lipstick on the mirror kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What are you right? Or not on the mirror? On the door. The door, but you see it in the mirror. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we got ourselves a pair of slip-ons. Okay. Very scoff. Friday the 13th. Okay. Uh, you got Jason's hockey mask on one, and on the other one it actually says Friday the 13th, blood, mean, covered in blood splatter, and what appears to be semen. I mean, what else could you really put on there? Uh, a lot of other things. That, uh, the, the Friday the 13th ones are a little too loud, but I think the, the real game changer here is... Uh, there's a pair of uh, dark, dark red high top vans with uh, the dark green stripes going through it. Nightmare on Elm Street uh, style. Ooh, I can with, picture that. Uh, dude, those are actually tighter than dick skin. Little, uh, what would you say, like evergreen kind of green? Uh, like, like uh, that could be black green, like and, an olive. And then somewhat of a, let's say, dog dick red. It's not, uh, uh, dog dick red is a little bit lighter, like your hoodie. Okay, so we're going uh, a little more crimson? Yeah, a wine, a burgundy. Would you describe it as reminiscent of, say, Freddy Krueger's sweater? I think that's what it is. Is that what they're going for? I think that's what they're going for. Okay. Mm. Wait. This microphone smells funny. Is this Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes! The shoe? Yes! There it is, in Vans form. Okay! I got it. Yeah, dude. It's uh it took me a second to get there, but I know it did, but luckily we brought you back. I start thinking about those dog dicks, I get all confused. Oh man. Do you remember uh remember back a couple years ago, the CW announced that they were doing a Lost Boys series. Oh, do I? And they uh they ordered a pilot to be filmed. Mm. Uh they gender they gender swapped the frog brothers with the frog sisters, and I guess uh it was following the frog sisters more than like michael and uh you know yeah uh, they wanted to center it on them and they, i i don't understand why i don't either Corey man Feldman because i he is alive absolutely available for that he's totally available for it if you call him and invite him over to shoot that movie or that show you think he's gonna say no of course he's not. He's going to bring his angels with them, and he's going to do his sweet songs and dance like Michael Jackson all over the place. He'll be there before you even show up, just waiting. Like, yes, he will. Film me, please. Yep, I'm here. Where's my drugs? Yes. Oh, uh, the angels usually care. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the angels, angels, For safety yes. reasons. Uh, so uh, that got completely nixed because I guess it was dog shit. Yes. Uh, but Warner Brothers is continuing with the reboot of the classic 80s vampire flick. Okay. Uh, we have Noah Jupe, that uh, that little boy from A Quiet Place. The Noah Jupe? Is the Noah Jupe. And we got Jaden Martell from It. I follow him closely. That's, I don't think you should. Uh, yeah, so Love they are re- they are rebooting the the damn near fucking perfect 1987 Joel Shock Joel Shockmaster. Got to be honest, Jesus Christ! I did not think you were going to say booting after that. What do you think I was going to say? Not allowed. Oh, re fucking I I dude this uh I I'm not really 
I'm not big on the whole uh, like reboots, remakes, and stuff. But honestly, a lot of times I just don't give a fuck mm-hmm. because chances are it's going to bring more attention back to the original, and then yeah. in a couple years we're going to forget it ever happened. And on do the you... very off chance, sometimes the reboots are okay. Do you remember the Fog, the Fog reboot? Yeah. No, you don't. I didn't like it. You okay? You remember the Poltergeist reboot? I didn't see it. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, do you remember when they redid RoboCop? Yes, I did see that. Okay, but do you like? But when you think of RoboCop, do you ever go back and go like, "Oh, that one with Michael Keaton"? No, exactly. Nobody talks about this shit. Although my answer to this argument is the Texas Chainsaw Mass- Massacre remake. I uh, those are really good. Yeah, I. That's one, one thing I like will. One yeah. out of a hundred. Yes. Hits. Yes. And it, it that's good enough odds for me because I'd rather have them do it and fail ninety nine times than never do it right or never attempt. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, because I love that Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. Yeah, me too. It's awesome. It's so good. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like that Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot is totally the exception. Nobody fucking asked for this movie to be remade. And like I said, I normally don't give a fuck. Like if it's re- remakes, whatever. Oh, Hollywood doesn't have ideas anymore. Like, yeah, of course they don't. Like, fuck. It's, it's not so much that they don't have ideas. It's just they they pump shit out at such a rapid rate that they can't, oh my they can't God. keep up with the production. Dude, do you remember being a kid and like having like four big movies a year that it was just like, fuck, I got to see this. Now right. there's like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, right. I can you, you can conceivably understand four like decent original ideas a year. Yeah, but a hundred, it's like you gotta. Eventually, you're gonna have to half-ass that. Yeah, and there's always you know some good shit mixed in with that bullshit. Right, but see, uh, my my take on it. This is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you don't have to watch everything. Uh, yeah, I know. You know I'm there's, going there's to a bunch watch of it. Garbage in, in yep. that fucking shit bowl. You, you scoop out the the corn kernels and you get right to the the meaty stuff. Hey, hey did you just say garbage? I did. Because speaking of, there's going to be a new paranormal activity. <laughs> We're so good at this. Oh, man. I tell you what, boy. Yeah, I'm not excited about this. Paranormal activity. Next of kin. The trailer is out. It will be out on Paramount plus October 29th. And uh, you know what? Can I just say? Huh? Next of kin is the lazy man's way of saying the next generation. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. in some focus group, somebody pitched paranormal activity. Next generation. And they were like, no, no, no. Why don't we just call it fucking Bloodlines, douchebag? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Ken. That's yeah. what it is. Paranormal Activity Revelations. Yeah. Oh, my God. So this will be the sixth installment, uh, technically seventh, considering there is a Japanese version of Paranormal Activity that nobody has fucking seen. Uh, well, if it's in Japanese, honestly, I'm not sure you really miss a whole lot. Uh, if you've seen the ring, or if you've seen Ringu, you've probably seen it. Yeah. Just a uh, found footage version. I love found footage films, but... I love them so much, yeah. I, I almost think we should focus an entire month on those. Uh, I don't think we'll ever do that. Uh, no? Bad ever. I- bad idea? Terrible. Probably the worst idea. It's worse than my Jalo idea. All right, I'm sorry I spoke up. That's yeah, all right. Let's never let's never mention this. You again. were out of line, and you know what? Yeah, let's never talk about paranormal activity uh, next of kin ever again. I watched the trailer. They're they're straying away from the haunted house shit, and they're going into the whole oh god, there's a bunch of fucking cult members, and who fucking cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, pass yeah. on that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I as am much a... as I expected, part six slash seven to be the winner. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can live without it. Uh, it's something that we touched on. Uh, oh, God, I think you said it like 
four months ago. Oh, Tom Jones' penis. Yeah, speaking of touchdown. Uh, no, Twisted Metal. Okay. The live action series. That's so much more comfortable for me. Uh, is it, though? Mm, a little bit. All right. Well, uh, apparently Anthony Mackie of uh, Falcon fame okay. from uh, those those Marvel movies yeah. is going to be playing as John Doe. He's the guy that wasn't the Winter Soldier. Uh, correct. Yep. Uh, yeah, with no memory of his past, John gets a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make his wish of finding community come true, but only if he can survive an onslaught of savage vehicular combat. Uh, this is Sony. They're doing this shit. Uh, of course, Twisted Metal came out in 1995. Uh, this is a live-action series. I don't really know where it's going to be streaming on. It sounds fun as fuck. But I'm picturing Dude, this if, is, it's, uh, if it if this can capture the energy of something like um, Twisted like, Metal, the video game. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> Twisted Metal visuals. Yeah, but, but the energy and feel of uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, that's oh, what I'd like to see. Oh, dude, you know what I mean? I'm hoping. Oh, here's my biggest concern: is that Anthony Mackie is a good actor. Hell yeah, he is. He totally is, and that's fine, but I don't want good acting in something called Twisted Metal. That's a good point. I want to... Devin Sauer should have had this part. Yes. Yeah. Glenn Danzig should have had this part. Uh, he should get the part as Calypso. He should be Sweet Tooth. Oh, no. He should be Bad Bathory. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble Bathory. <laughs> Bad Bathory and beyond. Oh, this crazy. Glenn Danzig in the House of Vampires Part 2. <laughs> Bloodline. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, man. I love Twisted Metal. You love Twisted Metal. I'd, it's fun as shit. Twisted I'd, Metal I'd, Black's definitely the best of the series. I would give it. Uh, I'd give it my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll watch the first episode, see what it looks like. But yeah, uh, Black was great. I'm just worried about like they're going into like a story and emotion and shit like that when it should just be a splatter. Well, film. that's what I'm saying. Something like Fury Road, where it's just nonstop action, dude. I need, Loose I, story, chaining yeah. it all together. This guy needs to beat this fucking tournament in order to save his idiot kids or something like that. Yeah. Who cares? Just I, go, I, I go fight some weird care. cars. Mount uh, a rocket launcher on top of your fucking Ford Fiesta and fucking start shooting everybody. Uh, is, that a, I don't, is Ford Fiesta a car? I don't know what I'm talking about. Is Ford Fiesta a what now? Is that a car? Yeah, it totally is. All right. Hey, probably yes. the best car. Yeah, you know what? That's what I'm thinking. If and it was probably a, in Twisted Metal. Dude, if you have... See, Twisted Metal came out in 1995. So did the Ford Fiesta. If you were driving around in a 95 Ford Fiesta, chances are you're drowning in pussy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Three cylinders. Of pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even take oil, just pussy juice. Yeah, because I do not believe that uh, you have four operational cylinders on your Ford Fiesta. <laughs> hey, you know who else doesn't have four operational cylinders? Uh, this Tom guy. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, my car's been in the oh, shop for maybe almost not four, two weeks. But he's got one pretty solid one from what I hear. That's a piston. I've heard it described as Yeah, such. dude. Uh, uh, Hulu. Now, okay, this is kind of confusing. There are two Hellraiser projects coming out. Okay. Uh, one is uh, HBO Max is getting a fucking series. Good. Clive Barker is working very closely with that one. That's promising. Hulu is getting a reboot, Hellraiser reboot movie. And according to David S. Goyer, the Hellraiser reboot is jaw-dropping. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a bold term. Yeah, so let's see. So we have uh, Hulu's upcoming Hellraiser project. It's it's 
It is actually really fucking intriguing. Uh, I heard something about their uh, their gender swapping pinhead because that's a thing to do. That seems kind of odd, but okay. uh, hey, I, I mean, in the in the comics and in the um, I was gonna say books, not the books, but in the comics, there is a story where uh, Pinhead kind of fucks off, does his own thing because he's just bored. Sure. So the Cenobites they track down Kirsty. Oh, I see where this is going. Uh, yeah, Ashley Lawrence. Uh, well, who isn't Ashley Lawrence in the comics? But they track her down, and she actually becomes the Hell Priestess. Okay. So then, when uh, so when that pin would work is kind of a when you say gender swap and uh, pin- yeah, like Pinhead's like walking around the the Earth doing whatever, basically like Kane in uh, uh, Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But then eventually he comes back and is just like, "What the fuck? Kirsty replaced me." Yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, all this then. Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting series. If you guys want to go check it out, but back to this now. This uh, this reboot, yeah. that you're talking about is this going to be more closely related to the original text? Which I what was it called? The Hellbound Heart. The Hellbound Heart. Yes. yes. Uh, let's see, David. Uh, David. Bru- uh, let's see. Uh, I'm sorry. Goyer said that I will say that we went back to the original novella for the source material. Okay. We're really honoring Clive's work. I like it. I could say that David Bruckner. David Bruckner is the guy behind the Ritual 2017's. Uh, Horror movie that is on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend seeing it. It's, it's fantastic. Cre- it's creepy as fuck. The monster is incredible. It's fucking great. Uh, so he's the guy behind this movie, which means, like, it might not suck. Uh, it's not a bad sign. Let's see. Yeah, so uh, uh, Goyer said, uh, I could say that David Bruckner is a genius. It's filming right now. The footage is terrifying and amazing. But I guess the thing that really stands out is the character design of the Cenobites. Ooh. Got some uh, new, new creative visuals on these guys? So, I guess the Cenobites are, like uh, they, they mentioned, going back to the novella, uh, they're true to the original context, how they look. Okay. Uh, now, you've read Hellbound Heart, right? Yes. I believe Pinhead had, he was very bejeweled. Yes. He was covered in gold. Yeah. Gold uh, nails. They were almost like railroad spikes. Yes. Tiny railroad spikes. Uh, and they're, they're yes, little, and they were jewels all over them. covered yeah. in jewels. Yeah, they uh, the Cenobites when they showed up, you had to have stuff for them. Yes, like uh, 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 different types of oils. They liked certain types of fruit, uh, but you also had like uh, jewels that they, you would leave out for them. They were very interested in the pageantry of being a Cenobite. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, you know when Clive made the movie, uh, he was going more of the uh, the New York City underground gay bar look. Yeah, a little more gritty, a little more leathery. Yeah, which I mean, totally fucking worked. I don't think Absolutely. the you know a bedazzled, uh, a bedazzled mom jeans. I call them mom jeans. Uh, you know, on the butt, fucking Cenobites would uh, would really work. Honestly, I'd really love to see a uh, butterball all all nicely bejeweled. <laughs> Back on our list month, spray painted gold. Wasn't that wasn't Butterball your one asshole? I think he was he was in at least the top three or four. I want to say, fucking asshole. He's got no right showing up with the other Cenobites. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy pig. <laughs> oh my god. Um, He's got a lot of nerve. I'll leave it at that. All right. So Hellbound Heart is a very short read. I think it's like what two hundred pages. It's really not that long. No, yet. it's not long, but it is, it is a very it's cool short s- enough to be described as a novella. Yes. Whenever it is described. <laughs> But it's uh it's it's a good read. If you guys haven't read it yet, go go check it out. Cool, Pick it especially up. Especially if you're a fan of Hellraiser. I mean if you love the movie, you'll love the novella. Hey. You like Hellraiser? 
go read that book. That's <laughs> yeah, all right, you know. Yeah, all right, man. Bad. I will tell you, from all of the reports that are coming out, Hellraiser Next of Kin seems very promising. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, so there isn't there isn't much to report on the uh, the HBO Max series of Hellraiser, but I'm looking forward. Uh, dude, honestly, I'm looking forward to them both. Things are looking good. Yeah, it's not going to be Hellraiser Judgment. I'll tell you that much. I certainly, goddamn, hope not. Oh Christ Almighty! Might be Bloodlines. Might be Revelations. I I like Bloodlines. Might be Next of Kin. I don't hate Revelations. Is there a subtitle to? No, this wait, one? wait, wait, wait. Revelations, the one with Fat Pinhead. Yes. Yeah, I hate that one. Yep. Yeah, I think we all do. Yep. But the original is fucking fantastic. So if they're uh, probably one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. In the horror genre, it is yep. a absolute classic. So yeah. if they even come close to, you know, the quality of that one, but sticking a little closer to the original text, I'm all for it. Fuck yeah. Uh, dude, Bruce Campbell, who we know and love. And uh, I love more than others, apparently, because of or, my uh, time ha- with him. Have been loved by, I guess was the way yeah. I put that. Uh, so uh, Bruce Campbell actually landed a role in a Lifetime original Christmas movie that's being filmed in uh, uh, New York here. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, uh, so I'm sure that'll be fun. It'll definitely be something that I will check out because I'm a mark for Bruce Campbell. Yep. And as Home Alone 2 taught us, the best city to set your Christmas movie in is New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a chance to sit down with uh, a one Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't have any audio or anything. I was just hanging out with him. And uh, we actually got into a little bit of talk. And uh, Chris Jericho told me that he pitched an idea to sci- the Sci-Fi Network based on the character that he played in Sharknado 3. Okay. Uh, where Sharknado 3, Chris Jericho's character is a, a carny. Uh, a carny working like a uh, fucking like the the guy like in the Simpsons with the one arm. Yeah, for oh. those of you who don't know what a carny is, um, it's a meth addicted high school dropout who hastily assembles rides for children to die on. Yeah, totally safe. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's in Webster's. Uh yes, very good. Yeah. Uh, well, Jericho pitched an idea to the Sci-Fi Network based on that character. Now he died in that movie. Shark killed him. Okay. Uh, but he uh. He wanted to do a bit where it's like Chris Jericho's character goes across the country uh, for this, you know, carnival carny bullshit. Uh, but he's kind of like, uh, he's almost like a Sam and Dean Winchester thing where he fights cryptids. Okay. So, like, you have an episode where, it's, I mean, like a few episodes where he's fighting chupacabras. Uh, he fights a yeti. Some of you might not know this, but the chupacabra has always been my favorite cryptid. Mothman's my favorite. Yeah, that's a good choice too. Uh, yeah, he would go to like the New Jer- New Jersey area, fight the New Jersey the devil, devil up. Yeah. fuck the devil up. Yeah, uh, kill various Sasquatches and swamp apes. So apparently that is still in talks. Uh, and uh, cool, but I feel like after maybe like one season, they're gonna have to start really digging deep and making some shit up. You know they will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, this seems like one of those shows that'll probably only get one fucking season. Yeah, they're gonna get all the big ones out of the way in the first like eight episodes. Uh, Chris Jericho and I also talked. To, we talked a great deal about horror movies. Uh, he gave uh, some insight on the upcoming um season of uh the last drive-in okay apparently amc is huge on the last drive-in and they uh 
are really, uh, I guess for the new season coming up, they're going to be giving Joe Bob Briggs and that studio a ton of money. Good. So they're going to be getting some better movies, better production, better guests. Sure. Um, and if you follow our show, you know that we love Joe Bob here. Love Joe Bob. Big fans. Huge. And uh, we love Darcy the Mail Girl. Absolutely. Uh, and, and she loves us. Uh, God damn it, she does. She she fucking shares our shit, man. So yeah. we love her for it. Uh, and uh, Chris Jericho also said that this is this is the first time I heard about it, and it was from him. He is in the new Terrifier movie. Okay. Um, and apparently he's not just a cameo. He's It's going to be leading into another character that uh, will be in upcoming sequels. Is he going to play uh, Arthur the Clown? Uh, no. Oh. No, that's that's David's part. Okay. Uh, that yeah, was, that so was already spoken for. That's spoken for, my friend. Okay. Fair uh, fair yeah. Enough. So Chris Jericho is in the new Terrifier movie. All I right. know not really anyone knows that. So there it is, man. For, uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, motherfuckers. We're dropping all the info. Jericho yeah. is going to be in Terrifier, and uh, stay tuned for season two <laughs> of uh, Cryptid Killer. Mike, Mike the Mike the <laughs> yeah. fucking Carney Mike or whatever the fuck his name was. Carney Kyle the Cryptid Car- Killer. <laughs> Uh, season two, episode six. He fights the the Milwaukee Mudfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> the frog people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, all you got to do is get some gray goose in him, then he's loose lips Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, great. That's what I've heard. Yeah. No. Uh, so actually, that's uh, something I've, uh, I've I've talked to him a couple times since then, and I am going to bring up having Chris on the show. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully that happens, man. Yep. I. Uh, well, my friend, I think there's just one more thing to do. Oh, what's that? And that's... Apologize. Shit. Yeah. All right, man. All I'm right. going to go... Uh, I guess we'll do this. I guess so. I just want to start off by saying, uh, back in 2002, I was a definitely a different person. And uh, I was on a plane ride, and I got... Uh, it's, it's coming out right now, so I may as well just admit it. You said 2002, right? Two, 2002. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Um, I uh, I got naked on this plane, oh. and I put a robe on, and I was chasing around a stewardess, and I was opening it up and going, Woo! 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 Hold on a sec. Yeah. Are you a riff player? Yeah. This whole time? Yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm actually in my seventies. I'm a retired wrestler. Actually, I'll never retire. Uh, you look my, good, man. I I mean, it's all the kamikazes I drank over the years. Um, and uh, I, think I was the silk in the robe gives you a nice luster. Well, it, that's what I thought, but apparently, what I did wasn't okay. Well, no. And uh, you know, Rob Van Dam, you want to find me, man? We'll fucking go. All right. And uh, I got a similar statement for Rob Van Winkle. Uh, all right, bring well, it on, you puss. Uh, so I guess I'm sorry for how I acted on that plane ride. Everyone got a little crazy. Okay, you know it was it was nuts. They're calling it the plane ride from hell. Sounds like there were some significant nuts. The plane ride from hell, my man. Yeah, uh, but this time it was 2002. Yeah, in, not in, 2001, and possibly not early September. Nope. No. Different, whole different hell. Oh, that Earth, Wind, and Fire song I like so much. Yeah, whole different hell. I think it was their second album. Yep. Yep, the one with Lemmy on it. Meatloaf's on that, too. Yes. Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, but yeah, so I just want to apologize for that. I know it's been uh, 19 years, but uh, shit's coming out now, even though I did, there was like a fun little cartoon of me doing it that I, was on YouTube. I think you're the reason they don't allow box cutters on airplanes anymore. 
You know, I'm the reason why robes aren't allowed on airplanes anymore. Uh, You're the so, reason why stewardesses have to wear chastity belts. <laughs> so I, for that, I apologize. Me too. That wasn't funny, what I just said. Nope. <laughs> Nor was 9-11. Nor was that whole thing that you did. Nope. That's why we apologize here for <laughs> the apology corner. That's what we're here for. That's right. All right, so, Greg, take it away, buddy. Uh, I'm sorry for everything I just said in the last 30 seconds. Um, I think I feel like that's becoming a pattern the more we do this show. Um, I have a problem. Uh, a, a, drinking, a drinking problem. Okay. All right. <laughs> Class houses. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's not get too overly personal here. All right. All right. Uh but no, let me uh, let me real quick just apologize for my drinking problem and all the people that it's hurt over the years. Um, and also uh, to Will, I'm gonna have to. This this one is for him. Mm. His absence is uh, noticeable. Yes, you know he's not here, and that is my fault once again. Yeah. Um, earlier today, he very specifically asked me because he knows uh, that I'm the guy to go to for this kind of thing. Uh, where is the closest Red Lobster? Ah. He was preparing a fancy, uh, high-class night out for him and his favorite gal. Mm-hmm. And he said, Greg, I know you're a big fan of the, those breaded shrimp and those cheesy biscuits. And he said, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. I mistakenly gave him directions to the fucking moon. Ah, Jesus. I don't know how or why that happened. Uh, momentary lapse of reason, I think, uh, on my there? part. But I, uh, instead of Red Lobster, I told him how to go to the goddamn moon. And uh, it turns out that's where he is. Right now. Again. Crack, bam, straight to the moon. Right, right. he went to the fucking moon. And, went uh, to the moon. Will, I don't know if you get this broadcast up there. I don't know how long it'll take or uh, when you'll hear this. Seven years? But, um, sorry? Hey. Wallace and Grubbit could do it. Will could do it. Yeah, okay. Just don't need any of that moon cheese. Oh, it's not, it's not that, the same as the, the red lobster that, cheese. You see Grubbit? The moon's made of cheese, and we're going to get to the moon. That sounds just like Will. Uh, no, Wall- Wallace that? and Grubbit. That uh, claymation cartoon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a little crossover between that and the horror podcast that we usually do. Of course, because that claymation is actually terrifying. Yes. They move in stop motion. That's 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 stuff nightmares are made out of. Tim Burton knew that. Yep. The guy who uh, created Wallace knew that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And Gromet. 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 So, yeah, let me say, Will, I'm sorry um, for animating Wallace and Gromet. I won't do it again. All right. Matt? Apology accepted. Matt, cut off that piano real quick. Rip, rip. Yes. Oh, nice. Thank you, sir. Uh. All right. I'm glad we got that off of our chest. I feel better. We are going to conclude Jalo Month. Jalo Month. Jalo! With the uh, 2014. Yeah, I said it. 2014. (laughs) You thought it was going to be from the 80s. You probably thought it was going to be from the 70s. Nope. You probably thought it was going to be Italian. Mm -mm. No, it's fucking Canadian. Yep. Yes, we are covering the greatest Jalo film ever made, in my humble opinion. I agree. I am talking about Astron 6, who those motherfuckers could do no fucking wrong, in my opinion. Oh, they're beautiful. They are fantastic. It's not even an opinion. If you don't like Astron 6, chances are you suck. You suck. You absolutely suck. Suck. 
this movie is called The Editor. The Editor. The Editor is a straight-up parody. I don't even want to call it a parody. Just an homage to Jalo films. They get everything down everything down to the music, the score, the acting. The lighting. The, dub- the lighting is huge. The dubbing, the acting. The misogynistic violence. The ridiculous story. The nudity? The Oh, my God. The fucking nudity in this movie. The arachnids. The arachnids. Yes. Uh, uh, the one thing they did not get, my friend, the color of the blood. Oh, you know what? Did we have a lot of blood? Yes, we did. We did. Was it bright red? No, it was not. Although I would make the argument, although, uh, you know, bright red blood, definitely a, a hallmark of the giallo genre. But I yeah. always associated that more with, like, hammer horror. You know what? Yeah. All right. I I always think, like, bright red, like, inappropriately bright blood. You have no idea how excited I am to cover our Hammer Month. Which is definitely not going to be October. It's not going to be October. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, but I uh, I absolutely fucking love this movie. I am so excited to review it right now. I agree. Uh, we are talking about Adam Brooks. All right, hold on. Jeremy, no, hold second. on. No, no, I'm just saying, the, the, the Astron 6 guys. Adam Brooks, Jeremy Gillespie, Matt Kennedy, Connor Sweeney, Connor Sweeney. and, of course, the man himself who brought us, Psycho Gorman, Stephen Kostansky. Yes, my favorite Polak. <laughs> You're my favorite. Ah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. And I'm glad I appreciate the fact that you did not say the word, because that is our That's word. That's your word. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. The P word. Yeah. Uh, of, of course, Astron 6 was founded in 2007. These are uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of Canadian boys. There's only five. <laughs> There's five of these Canadian boys, but they call themselves Astron 6. You almost of, said the C word. C- Canadian cunts? I don't... What? <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw it forming on your lips. You almost called them Canucks. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, Astro. A little bit about Astron Six. Adam Stri- Adam. Oh fuck. Astron Six was founded in 2007 by Adam Brooks and Jeremy Gillespie. Those are the the two main actors in this movie. Later on, the company would expand to include Matt Kennedy, Connor Sweeney, and of course Stephen Kostansky. Yes. Uh, who all became equal partners in the company. Uh, I mean, they're known for producing these low-budget 1980s-centric, uh, 1980s-centric independent movies that combine horror and comedy. These are guys who know their stuff. They know uh, the films that they are aping. Yes. And they include tons of references in everything that they do. Yes. Uh, they have a vast knowledge of cinematic history. Yep. Well, specifically the horror genre. And uh, they they know exactly how to emulate it and everything that they do. I guess the uh, uh, of course they had they had a, a good decent chunk of movies. They have a lot of uh, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of short films. They even have a web series called Divorce Dad, uh, which came out in 2016, and it is hilarious. Uh, yeah, it really is. Starring Adam Brooks, I believe. Right, Adam Brooks is the Divorce Dad. Yes, and he uh, uh, he, he sort of reprises that role uh, to a certain extent. In Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a <laughs> incompetent cable access television, uh, uh, a, a cable guy, whatever. Uh, but anyways, I. Uh, uh, Gillespie and Kostansky, uh, they directed the 2016 horror film The Void, which was kind of, I'm not going to say the end of Astron 6, but it was kind of where they were venturing away from the comedy. A bit of a departure. Yeah. Um, and they uh, they stuck to more horror and the practical effects. 
which Astron 6 is always fucking used. Of course. Uh, and then, of course, Astron 6 did go defunct in 2020, which is very sad. But at the same time, they are still friends. They do still kind of work together. You'll see Jeremy Gillespie pop up and shit. Adam Brooks, of course, was the father in uh, Psycho Gorman. Uh, so Ahab? Yes. In my favorite film, which is Father's Day. Jesus Christ, that fucking movie is phenomenal. Father's Day, uh, we reviewed that back in... Uh, or Troll March, back in March. Yeah, it was like 2017 or something. What? I don't know. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah, right? It was, it was March of this year, dude. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> Mr. I remember things over here. <laughs> what can I say, man? I'm smart. Uh, where they worked with uh, Troma, but of course butted heads with uh, Lloyd Kaufman quite a bit. And Lloyd Kaufman has some choice words to say about them. Yes, and famous penis Lloyd Kaufman. And uh, Adam Brooks himself uh, had a lot of choice words to say about Lloyd Kaufman. Yep. Uh, but hey, man, let's talk about the follow-up to 2011's Father's Day with 2014's The, the Editor. Editor. And before you get too excited over there, let me give you a quick old... Uh across the face oh just to cure the that hysteria that i can tell you're currently feeling oh my god thank you so much for slapping me i was hysterical now yep. i want you inside of me oh we're gonna have to take a quick cut to bang <laughs> <laughs> very passionate love the only way they could the, <laughs> the only way the italians make love passionately on, on a bed of spaghetti <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sauce <laughs> on, a, on a gondola full of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Why don't we get into our list of characters for Here this we go. masterpiece? All right. The editor, 2014, is uh, headed by a man named Ray Ciso. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ciso. Ciso. Uh, of course, played by Adam Brooks. The man himself. One of my favorite actors of all time. Yes. He is a one-handed Italian, a legendary editor with a dark past. Oh, yeah. The owner of a power mustache. God, God. And a man who sucks with lighting matches. He's not good at it. Maybe nope. you should try using the other hand. That's what happens when you have one hand made out of wood. Yep. Makes it a little tough. Mm. But next we have Bella, who is Ray's virginal assistant editor and protege. Oh, she's adorable. So hot. Uh, she is an amateur murder investigator. Yep. And a possible ghost demon. I, I Definitely a ghost demon. Yeah, we'll talk more about that when we get there. But yeah. yeah a, little, a, little strange, uh, a little strange progression. Hey, you know what? It was very giallo of them to do that. Oh, was it ever. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> Actually, uh, I have to say right here, she might be one of the only women in this film who doesn't get the, sh the shit slapped out of her. At She's also point. one of the only women in the film that didn't get completely naked. Yeah. So a little Shame bit of on her. Shame. Yeah. Shame. You should have slapped the clothes right off of her. I wanted to see some ghost tits. Nah, what the fuck? God damn it. Drop the ball, Astron. Way to go, Astron. I hate More you like Astron. Yeah. Yeah. Buttholes. Also, your film lagged and it should have ended six times. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. Oh, right. oh, so next you, up, were have, doing uh, a f you were doing a bit. Okay. Yep, we have Claudio, who is a handsome lead actor. He is a cocky prick. A poorly dubbed narcissist and a constant sex haver. Yeah. Yep. He's good at it, apparently. Yeah, he's good at sex. You're bad at sex. You know why? Because he's Italian. Right? Good at sex. You're bad at sex. Okay. Naturally lubricated. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we have <laughs> Veronica, who is his star actress. She is 
what I would describe as an assault magnet. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> she hates clothing, loves showers, and Italian penis. Uh, she is also from Father's Day. Absolutely. Yeah, she played uh, Ahab's sister. One of my favorite characters from Father's Day. She was fantastic. Yeah, she was just as good in this as she was in that, I would say. Boy, howdy. Maybe better. Yes. Depending on what your rubric for uh, quality is. Yep. <laughs> Mine is the extent of your nudity. So, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, next up, we have Francesco Mancini, who is the movie director. I love this guy. He is the quintessential Italian sleazebag. Yep. And he is very insensitive to Ray's disability. If anybody is having a hard time picturing this guy, think of Burt Reynolds from... Boogie Nights? Yes. 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 Except, like, more Italian. And sleazier. Somehow. If, if Yeah, somehow sleazier. Yeah, greasier and with more of an accent is what I mean by that. <laughs> uh, so then we have Josephine, who is Ray's wife. She is a bitter, washed-up actress, a train wreck, yep. and a total buzzkill. And she is played by the beautiful Paz de la Huerta, which I am not sure if I pronounced that right. I don't know if you did. But she's in all kinds of shit. You've probably seen her before. She's in so much stuff. Pretty much everything. And she kind of always plays this character. So I think that's how she is in real life. I think she's just kind of naturally good at this. Yeah. Yep. The talented Paz or Paz. Paz. P-A-Z. P-A-Z? You pronounce that however the hell you want. That's her name. Yeah, man. So, next up we've got Inspector Porfori. Peter. Peter Inspector. Peter? Peter. Inspector Peter. Inspector Peter Porfori. Porfori. He's a strong, passionate man who has seen darkness. Oh, has he? He is a Donald Sutherland cosplayer. Oh, my God. They even say it in the fucking movie. And he has, yeah, they do. They, they do, actually, do fucking say it. They throw a lampshade right on that yeah. shit. Um, but a wizard says it, so it's okay. Um, and f for whatever reason, I don't even know how you describe this fetish. So I just said mud fucker. Well, I mean, it could be mud. It could be cake. I don't think it matters. Is, is, does anybody know the term for a person who likes to uh, smear? Uh, mud and or cake, food, cake, anything gooey on their face while having sex. I think it's called Jalo. Oh, he's a Jalo. He's a Jalo. All right, Peter Porfori. He's a big old Jalo in this. Yes. Uh, so then we go right up to uh, Marguerite, who is his wife. She is the chief's daughter, which adds a whole extra layer of drama and tension to her character. <laughs> yeah. Um. She's an actress, a much more successful actress than Josephine. Yep. Uh, but she is also a hysterically blind slap receiver. Oh. <laughs> which you, you could probably say about most of the female characters in this movie, but... A women, a woman's eyes weren't meant to see that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get a whole lot of respect in this genre, is what we're getting at. Yeah. Um, so then we have Giancarlo. Who I love this character. Oh, Giancarlo is awesome. He's hilarious. And he, he's a recurring actor in a lot of uh, Esdron 6 stuff. Yes, he is. Um, he pops up. Uh, I think he played a, a cop in Father's Day. I he say. was, uh, yeah, he was one of the cops. He was the main like cop from Father's Day that was going after Ahab. Yeah. Uh, who ended up being part of the cult to summon the fucking. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
No, he's he's fantastic. Fuckman cult member Giancarlo. Yes. Uh, he's an incomp- incompetent police That's, officer. Uh, Brent Brent Neal. Brent Neal, the talented. Yeah. Kind of looks like he could be a member of the Busey family. Jesus Christ. Like a cousin or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He also looks like the bad guy from Dead at 21, that, M- that short-lived MTV series. Yeah, in the Jake 90s. Busey. <laughs> it's not Jake Busey. So he is a master of disguise, uh, a possible alcoholic... And a little bit of a racist. Kind of a weenie. Yeah. Like a weenie racist. Yeah, you didn't have a ladder to get a dead body down. Yeah, not 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 a great guy. So you know, maybe yeah, when I maybe when that. I said I love Giancarlo, maybe I was being a little uh I like it was, I, okay. <laughs> maybe I didn't mean that. I know, you had to spit out the racist part after I said I love Giancarlo. <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got Kale Konitz. Who is an untalented actor, an ugly American, a chainsaw enthusiast, an unapologetic misogynist, and a bit of a closeted homosexual. Oh, no, definitely. When I said bit of, I meant huge. Huge. Huge homosexual. Hey, man, get on the Elvira train and just walk on out. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, but that's who he is. Oh, yeah. So then we got Cesari, who is Claudio's replacement actor. He is (laughs) what appears to be a professional bodybuilder. Yep. A very amateur actor, mm-hmm. but very limited role, but they do mention this man has a great dick. A wonderful dick. Awesome dick. Amazing penis. Huge Italian dick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It kind of defines his character. <laughs> Cesare, big dick. Big dick Cesare. Uh, so we've got a couple of small ones after that. Um, a man that I just called Father Priest because I didn't catch his actual Oh, name. wizard. Yes. He is an expositional wizard who knows both the future and the past. Also, fuck all that shit. This is the fucking lead from Human Centipede 2. Yeah, he's a little fat guy from Human Centipede. That disgusting man from that disgusting Tom Six movie. So gross. Uh, who apparently got the part for Human Centipede 2 because he walked into the room, got naked, and started fucking the couch. And Tom Six said, you got the part. And he was a wizard that whole time. The whole time. I don't think it's so much that he fucked the couch. It's that he hypnotized Tom Six with his magical powers. Tom Six hypnotized him. Because Tom Six is a genius! He's kind of just an asshole. No, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck you, Tom Six. Yeah, fuck you, Tom Six. Fucking piece of shit. Your movies aren't good. You're not good. So I hate you. Yeah. And then last, but certainly not least, we have Ralphie, who is a seeing-eye dog and all-around good boy. (laughs) That's great. That's great. (laughs) And that's it for our characters. Is it now? It is. So this is the editor. 2014... Astron 6. Oh, man. And right off the bat, we got ourselves a fucking show. We open right up with a stripper. Yes. Uh, and we have the gentleman that actually played the fuckman. Yes. From the first, uh, the uh, uh, our, the 2011 Father's Day movie, sitting front row, sweating like crazy. The first of several Father's Day references that will occur throughout this plot. Yes. Um, so... Based on this opener, you know this shit is going to be good right off the bat. Oh, my God. And you got the uh, uh, Ver- Veronica's on stage. This is Veronica stripping, and uh, she's very good at it. Uh, everything from the, the way this movie starts, the lighting, the sound, uh, the close-ups, it is just, you you know right off the bat, fuck, this movie's going to be awesome. This is jalo as fuck. It is so fucking jalo, and it's just fun. It grabs your attention right the fuck away. Uh, I love the the opening credits and then uh, the opening title. 
It just looks like it's from 1979. Absolutely. And she leaves the strip club and gets assaulted almost immediately. And that's where we find out that uh, the movie's dubbed. Yes. Yeah, First with uh, the assailant. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. And his mouth isn't with the the dialogue. Yes. And this is uh, this is a gag they're going to do throughout the entire thing. Yep. The poor dubbing is hilarious. Oh, God damn it. I mean, it, for me, it just doesn't get old. No, it does um, not. It's. It, I mean, they had to, right? If they're going for a giallo, they got to dub it poorly. So she gets assaulted by this extremely Italian vagrant and goes home just to get naked all over again. Yeah. Pops in the shower, pops out, and we see what? Bush. Yep. She, uh, yeah, she takes this shower and is assaulted almost immediately by Michael Jackson. Yep. And she is drugged, uh, spidered, which I think is probably just another Beyond reference. Oh, definitely. Uh, again, the first of many that's going to happen. <laughs> Which I love that the killer puts a spider on her, and uh, for, he says, Do not try moving. You are paralyzed yeah, kind of just to fuck with her. Uh, puts a spider on her, but then what does she get? An axe! She gets axed! Right to the face! Yeah, chops her right in the fucking skull. Oh, but turns out, guess what? It was a movie the whole time. Yes. It's a movie that the editor... Is editing. Is editing. And we are introduced to Ray Ciso. Yes. Who is our hero, our editor, our main man for this film. Yes. Uh, both him and the beautiful Bella are in the editing booth working on this movie. Um, and <laughs> just right off the bat, we are shown <laughs> that the editor is existentially depressed and oh, yeah. just hates his life. Yep. He's got a couple of very choice lines where he's just like, what You does see he say? this? You see this, Bella? That's as close to living you and I will ever come. But I thought this was living right here. Ha! If this is living, I want no part of it. Yeah, and he's like, Wow, this dude's fucking. <laughs> this dude's deep. <laughs> right away. Right the fuck away. <laughs> oh, man. So we got uh, Racy. So he leaves the editing booth. He leaves Bella to uh, continue working. Bella is mainly the uh, the apprentice. Yep. Student who is a little flirtatious with Ray, bending over in front of him. Ray's taking a little peek at what's going on there, but he realizes this is a young girl. Uh, he's he's a man with strong morals. He's Ray's married. a classy man. Ray's a classy man, and also he knows that he is a handicap. Yeah. He has uh, four wooden fingers. Yep. And I think it's his right hand? Uh, sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? We'll find out what the origin of that is as the film goes on. But, uh, yeah, he is um, insensitively described as a cripple throughout Oh, the my whole God. Movie. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a, he's sort of a laughing stock because of this, but he does have a, a very storied past yep. uh, that we'll get into. But as he's leaving this editing booth, he is immediately jump-scared by our big-time douchebag Claudio. The leading man of the movie. Claudio comes out dressed as the devil. Ooga, booga, booga. Uh, and uh, apologizes to Ray, saying, I'm so sorry, I thought you were Veronica. So Veronica scares Claudio. Yep. Uh, and that's where Claudio goes, you're just going to scare the leading man here? What the fuck? Uh, and they start making out, and I love that Ray Ciso is just standing there watching them, just looking so sad. Yeah, he's just waiting, and he's like, you know, that's Claudio. That's what Claudio does. He fucks. Haha. <laughs> Run along now, editor. <laughs> they keep calling him editor. Yeah, like that's. I mean, the movie's called The Editor. I know, but it's just just that's who he is. Hey, editor. <laughs> yeah, just, you're you're the kind of the lowest man on the movie making totem pole, apparently. Yeah, right. Uh, so they, it's clear from the get go, he doesn't get a whole lot of respect from his coworkers. No, nope. it just um, it it right off the bat, that's what they they kind of show us here. It shows us Bella respects him. 
likes him, but it seems like everyone else doesn't fucking give a shit, thinks he's pathetic. Which is exemplified when he goes home to find his bitch of a wife shaving her legs. Yes. He, and I love that. It was played by Paz, Paz de Leon. Or yeah. Ponce de Leon plays his wife. <laughs> but I love that he walks right in the door and he goes, honey, I'm in our home. I can't hear you. I'm shaving my legs. <laughs> they just, they argue about how much she disrespects his work. Oh my God. It's just immediate. He comes home from dude right off, he right comes off home the from bed. What I assume is a fourteen-hour day. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, why are you so bad at your job? I hate you so much. Why can't you provide more money for me? And then she starts talking about Claudio and how amazing he is, and you wouldn't get it because you're just a lowly editor and you're not an actor. Yeah, your editing is trash, but Claudio is so handsome. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about? If Claudio were just to die. <laughs> <laughs> and they're basically, they're setting up uh, that maybe he resents everybody in his workplace enough that he, what what comes soon may be his fault. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to establish him as a possible suspect for all of the, the rest of the murderous plot. And I love that Ray goes out to have a cigarette on his balcony and there's a fucking cat there. Yep. And he looks down and grabs the cat and goes, ah. You're probably out here thinking about killing yourself, too. Right? <laughs> but I guess we saved each other. <laughs> He's just horribly depressed. Jesus Christ. He's so depressed. Ray's life sucks. Yes. And they hammer it home. Oh, they, boy, they howdy. Just, they just keep hitting you over the head with Ray is not happy with his, his current situation. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we quickly cut to uh, Claudio and Veronica just fucking getting it on. They are watching their own movie. Yeah. Uh, Veronica wants sex, but Claudio just kind of wants to fuck himself. He's like, I'm watching I'm watching me, not you. Yeah, he keeps he keeps doing that move where he puts his hand on her face and just kind of pushes her away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like right on the forehead. Like, get out of here. I'm trying to watch myself act. Um, the film uh, quickly melts on the reel, and <laughs> his, Claudio's immediate reaction is to slap the shit out of Veronica. <laughs> And this shouldn't be as funny as it is, but I have to say, it happens so often oh my so God. inappropriately throughout the course of this film that you can't not laugh at the gag. Hey, Greg, that is so jalo of them. Yeah, right? Yeah. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got a little like excited about that. Can you straighten me out real quick? <laughs> it's just... All right. Oh, okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I just, after the slap, you know what? You're right, Veronica. <laughs> all right. Now I'll bone you. Yeah, uh, so yeah. they, um, you know, they get to it and are very quickly razored. Oh my God! What a brutal kill! We get a man in black coming up behind Claudio, cuts his throat, corners Veronica, and quickly chops her up too. Slice her to smithereens. So naturally, a uh, detective shows up to investigate. Yes, and this is our our next main character, Inspector Porphyry. God damn it, Porphyry, I or however fucking, the fuck you say that. Yeah, uh, Peter. We can call him Peter. Peter. Little big Petey. Uh, he shows up uh, to ask Ray uh, if he was uh, busy last night. Yep. Obviously, um, whoever did the murdering is trying to frame him. He cut the fingers off of the corpses. Uh, Basically making it look like, uh, you know, crazy depressed Ray is has finally snapped. Yeah. Or I should say, has finally snapped again. <laughs> because he has a dark past that he will soon share with us. Yep. Um, Ray, uh, or not Ray, uh, 
Detective Porphyry goes back to the police station to file a little bit of paperwork on what he learned today. Yeah. And he talks to the chief, who is his father-in-law. Uh, this guy just kind of chews him out a little bit, saying, uh, my, my daughter better not get fucking hurt by this whole debacle that's going on at that movie studio. Because it turns out she's one of the actresses. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit, man. She actually was... Uh... Marguerite. Yeah, she was the one that found the two dead bodies, which caused her to go blind. Yes. She yes. loses her eyesight upon seeing the, the horrifyingly mutilated corpses of uh, Claudio and Veronica. And that's what the doctor called it, hysterical blindness. And then just slap her, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't even remember if that happened at this point. He in didn't time. slap her, but there's a part where there's uh, so much slapping that you can, ju- she, you can just assume she tries to hug him, and he kind of does a because <laughs> <laughs> her eyes are just milky white. Right. That is also a uh, a reference to uh, From Beyond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really, any any um, like milky white eye, and then like the zoom in on like the wide eyed woman. That's all. That's Jalo. Super Jalo. Yo, that is so Jalo. And maybe she screams. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she gets slapped. You know, it's all, you know, it's just, this is what Italians do. Yep. Um, so he basically says, you know, my if my daughter comes out of this uh, any worse for wear, it's your ass. And they have a brief uh, conversation about why uh, Porphyry doesn't like to use his service revolver. Uh, this will become a plot point later on. Yep. But he says, I prefer my 1911. Yeah. Which is an automatic. Yep. Uh Commonly used in the the early 1900s, I think straight through the uh, Second World War, it was standard issue for for a lot of soldiers. Um, but it is, I would say, a much more efficient handgun than uh, most uh, six chambered uh, service revolvers. You are a fucking nerd. I'm just trying to explain <laughs> what Porphyry was thinking here. I know, I know. <laughs> you fucking gun. I By feel the like way, he made the right choice. I just picture you sitting in your place, like sitting in your underwear with like a silk robe, just cleaning guns. <laughs> well, can I can I be honest here? When uh, when Porphyry said, "I prefer the 1911," I was like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> <laughs> and then I drank some whiskey. <laughs> Took a big puff out of my cigar and slapped my fucking wife. <laughs> Knock some sense into her. Just kidding. I don't do that. Yeah. Well, the the whiskey part? No, you're straight edge. I don't drink at home. Nope. <laughs> Only in the studio. <laughs> so, uh, our next scene is Ray going to confession. His first uh, meeting up with the wizard. Yeah, this is the uh, the fat priest from Human Centipede 2. Yep. The, uh, the famous... Stout actor from Human Centipede 2, and I think 3. But Ray uh, admits to him in the confessional booth that he is losing his grip on reality. Yep. And sometimes he wishes for bad things to happen. Yeah. And this... If you're you're trying to make yourself look guilty... uh, You're doing a good job at it. While a murder investigation is going on, that's really all you have to do. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Go tell a priest, hey, I, uh, you know, sometimes I want people around me to die. Yeah. (laughs) There's a bunch of houses burning in your neighborhood, and you're just like, boy, I just love fire. Yeah, I play with <laughs> matches sometimes, and I really wanted to see that house burn. Oh out. man, I have a lot of gas, and, and I don't mean from my like, ass. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm. Mm, I won't tell anyone. Don't worry. <laughs> well, he's a priest. He can't. He's like a, the 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 booth. Yeah, you're in the booth. What happens in the booth stays in the booth. The booth exactly. is exactly the the confessional booth is basically. Vegas. Yeah, that's that's what they tell all of the altar boys. You can say. I think that was what the big problem with the Catholic Church was historically. Hey, hey man, you say problem, uh, you know I'm gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Let's just say some of those booths have glory holes in them that may or may not be used uh, to exchange favors. That's between... yep. Okay. All, All right. right. So uh, we get back to uh, we get back to the actual studio, and it's Cesare and Kale. And, uh, well, we have a bunch of naked ladies. I cannot get over the amount of nudity in this fucking movie, Greg. Oh, it's fantastic. It's not, and that's the thing, like, you're sitting, you're sitting here listening to this, be like, oh, geez, Micah and Greg, you fucking perverts, whatever. Uh, with, with and your you're fucking not wrong. Way. No, you're not wrong, but guess not what? Not entirely. There is also a bunch of cock and man ass in this, too. Yeah, tons of penis. There's something for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we got, uh, we like got. penis, which I know a lot of you do. Yep. This movie has it. Mm. So there's this new guy, Cesare. Yeah, he's just been introduced. He's replacing uh, our last leading man, Claudio. Uh, Claudio, um, and he looks like Claudio from the neck down. Oh, but his face is—I—I uh, I would describe him as like an kind of uh, an anorexic Andre the Giant. Yeah, okay, Joey Buttafuoco, whatever. Oh, that works too. Yeah, man, he's Italian. He's, he's, <laughs> he ain't a pervert. Yeah, he's a big old Italian. So him and Kel. Uh, take a moment to compl- compliment each other's genitals in the shower. Oh, he says, uh, I love that the, the Cal said, uh, uh, let's, oh, uh, fuck, I lost it. Uh, he goes, wow, that's a great penis you have. This is a great night after all. And then he just skips off down the hallway. Yep, skips off bare-ass naked. Totally nude. Yep. And uh, Cesare goes on to just, you know, take a shower. That's what he's here for. Yeah, that's what he's doing. But it doesn't last long. Nope. Because he gets stabbed. Right to the neck. Yeah. I mean, could have been worse. Uh, yeah. He's got an exposed dick. That's very true. If I had my choice, I'd take one to the neck rather than the penis. Dude, something about a knife right underneath your chin in your neck is mm. just, oh, the, oh. It does not appeal to me. No, it does not. That's how Casper Van Dien was killed in, uh. Real life? The Pact. Oh, no, he's still alive. He's going to go back at Starship Troopers and fuck shit up. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, me too. I love him. Uh, love him. Uh, so after uh, Cesare gets stabbed, we got another appearance by our favorite detective. Porphyry shows up to question Ray about his nervous breakdown and his wife's acting failure. Yeah, and that's where he uh, Ray starts talking about, I had a nervous breakdown because I was one of the greatest editors in all of the world, possibly the best. And I... Uh, He's got, it's, it's this whole long, uh, and I love it too, because the flashbacks in Jalo films literally have nothing to fucking do with the plot. And they always last way too long. They last way too fucking long, and that's how that, that's how this is too. I read some of the reviews on this on, Shud- on the Shudder app, and they actually kind of pissed me off, because the amount of people that don't fucking get this movie, like, they were just like, oh, this is so hard to follow. I noticed that. You you saw the reviews too. A lot of a lot of like not not like critic reviews. No, the they, were just, they were just fans. They were just fans. Yeah, like, yeah, like fan reviews. Um, like fuck this, I didn't get this. Ugh. Like they, like, like they got that they were imitating Jalo film, but the extent of it, I think, sometimes confused them. Like yeah, uh, a, a lot of the bullshit in this movie is like a a direct. That's yes, reference. yes, yeah. And Astron Six, they fucking. It just captured it. They do their homework. Fucking T. These guys do their film homework. Yes. They they know what they're talking about. You know, and you know they're fans of the genre. They understand that there should be a lot of penises and a lot of neck stabbing. Yes. Uh, But this whole flashback scene is so goddamn long. Yeah. By design. And and honestly, so necessary, but it basically leads to uh, his wife getting fired. 
Uh, and also the stress of this new movie he was working on, which was a new style of film where there is no beginning, middle, or end. Yes. It's just one continuous take, and he has to edit it together. Which is like the most stressful thing for an editor. Absolutely, because you're cutting film, splicing it together, and in the midst of all this, he ends up chopping off four of his fingers. He loses his shit. Yes. Uh, And that's where he spent a little time in uh, the crazy house. Yeah. As we all do sometimes, you know. Uh, Maybe the pressure of your everyday work life kind of gets to you. You, We all go a little mad You cut off one of your dangly body parts. Dingly, dingly, uh, dingly. End up in a hospital. That's what happens. You know, he who has never uh, done this can cast the first fucking stone, all right? Yeah. No, I certainly never have. Yeah, man. But anyway. I also also love this scene, too, because of the... uh, uh, and it does play on the fact that in Jalo, it's another fucking thing about Jalo films. Uh, the actors always wear the same shit. Yeah, and it's hilarious. They, yeah, they and they call they call it out right here. Ha, wearing the same clothes. Is that because you didn't go home last night? And it's like I am an editor. He's like I always wear these clothes. Yeah, how about you? You're wearing the same clothes. Well, I'm an inspector. I have to wear these clothes. <laughs> and he's dressed like Donald Sutherland. He's dressed just like Donald Sutherland. <laughs> like same hair, same turtleneck, same turtleneck, same tweed jacket. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, so now we've got Kale and Porphyry meeting up in a parking lot. Uh, oh god, this fucking scene! We get a little backstory on on Porfiri's, uh previous love life and his lusty, lusty goodness. It turns out that he had a brief but sordid affair with Jasmine, who is Cal's current girlfriend, and he is a very passionate lover. Yes, a he's described as a strong and passionate man. Oh, he slaps the shit out he of her. Slaps you constantly. And with love, I and think. then will cover himself in mud and scream to the moon. Yes, this is one of the best shots in the whole it's film. It's fucking great, he's, dude. He just mushes mud all over his face and just starts screaming. It's hilarious. This is how I fuck. I mean, I think we've all tried it. Right? <laughs> Whether you like it or not is up to you. But no, he, I he just, I just, I just cry a lot. Yeah, yep. You cry through the mud. It leaves little streaks down your Before. face. Before. During and after, especially after. Yes, and what we get from this is that Kel is probably the most suspicious person in the world. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, it's a, they're, they're trying to, to lead you towards thinking that he's guilty. Uh, he has a trunk full of bladed weapons that he keeps pulling out yes. and commenting on. Uh, so Porphyry, naturally being sort of displayed as like a cop who is not very observant. Yeah. Sort of bumbling, he's... sort of like incompetent. But... I'm not going to say bumbling. Yeah, maybe, Definitely maybe incompetent. The wrong word. Yeah, bumbling's the wrong word. Bumbling, I think of like the two cops from Last House on the Left, or like everybody in Police Academy. There you go. Yeah, but he's yeah he's more um, oblivious. Uh, he, oblivious, or to put it another way, passionate and strong, and trustworthy. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so Honestly, then, uh, I think he just wants to fuck Cal. Well, I mean, if, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah, it sure does. So then we've got Ray and Bella back in the editing room. Uh, Bella feels a little bit shamed by the fact that she makes a minor mistake and starts cutting herself. Oh, she starts smacking herself in the head. and uh, uh, They they uh, kind of bond over this. They become very close. They almost F. Mr. Her- CISO, make me a woman. Yes. Yes. Uh, a little awkward, but Ray stops her. It says, I'm a married man. And you're a little girl. Yeah, my wife may be a piece of shit, but I would never cheat on her. <laughs> I paraphrased. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but she flips the fuck out when he rejects her, and she just starts screaming. 
Which, oh, I love that. Which alarms the inspector who's right outside the door. And as he's walking out, before that happened, though, he did see uh, a cut of uh, Cesar, uh, Cesaro. What the hell was his name? The guy uh, with the awesome dick? Cesari. Cesari getting stabbed in the neck. It was black and white. And as he was walking out, he's eating the film. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. How did it get there? Probably a demon. Yeah, probably. Or maybe a wizard. Wizard. It's hard to tell. Who knows? It's Jalo, you know? Hey, the Jalo. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that night, Ray and his uh, horrible wife, oh how I'll describe God. her. This uh, is actually my favorite scene in the whole movie. It is so funny. They go to a restaurant, uh, and Josephine is being a bitch again. Yep. For lack of a better word. Um, she's complaining about everything, about his life, about his work. About the fact that she used to be a famous actress and, uh, you know, nothing's working out for her. And just on time, <laughs> Inspector Porphyry walks in and gives her a slap. And he explains, exclaims that I've been tailing you for hours now and I couldn't let this go on anymore. Someone had to smack some sense into her. Maybe after this, I'll slap some sense into you. Ha! Could you imagine that? A man slapping another man. How Oops. ridiculous. How ridiculous. <laughs> She's right, you know. I just can't slap. Oh, he's right, you know. I just can't slap myself. Yeah, she completely agrees with it. Like, <laughs> someone had to slap me. Why mm. didn't you do? And she she chastises him as if he's a weak man for not slapping her. Yes. Oh, man, the Italians. I tell you what. It's a whole different culture over there. It's apparently. a whole different ball game. Yeah, I just I just wouldn't know how to integrate into that. I just want to have the sauce. I do enjoy spaghetti. <laughs> it's a spag- I do enjoy some meatballs, but I don't yeah. think I could handle all the slapping. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a little much. Yeah. I just don't understand. But anyway, uh, Ray is menaced by a white-eyed silhouette of himself that night. He wakes up, and he sees uh, just a dark version of race staring I, at him i like that scene it's a great scene it is actually. really cool yeah it's creepy as fuck it's, and it's, this, it's, it's this kind of thing creepy. that proves that estron six know how to do this more than just a parody they can do everything yes they, they could do anything to me it, it, they could have me sure but yeah. they are this is where you really see how great they are as filmmakers not just goofing around yep but just really creating like an intensely creepy scene uh, that really kind of just captures the mood of what this dude is going through mentally. Boy, we really suck their dicks, don't we? Uh, I fucking love them, dude. Dude, they're great. Uh, they can do no wrong. Yep. And I want to see uh, that fucking Biocom movie at some point. <laughs> Please, if you're listening to this, I will suck every one of your penises for a Biocom <laughs> movie. <laughs> Make Biocop happen, please. I'll take the hit for the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it happen, please. God, I'm so desperate. Oh. Uh, so, uh, Porphyry is wandering through a dark hospital ward with the intention of stealing the files on our main man, Racy's. I love that he's walking through with a fucking lighter, a Zippo lighter. Yeah, he could just have a flashlight or something. Or but... just turn the lights on. I don't know. Oh, there were people sleeping in there. Ah, fuck. This is one of those kind of like old-fashioned hospital wards where everyone just sleeps in one big room. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't have their own private rooms or even like double rooms and the scene's weird too because he's in there and uh the lighter goes out he gets it back on and there's a woman in there he's attacked by a female patient who tries kissing him but it turns out this is an old trick of hers yeah the old uh kiss me then i bite you trick yeah she's quickly grabbed by uh, a doctor i didn't catch his name 
Uh, that is Dr. Cassini, Cassini. Uh, played by Udo Kier. If you don't know who he is, he is in Blade. He is incredible. And he is also, uh, anytime there's a movie where they need a Nazi. Yeah. He's your guy. He he may be Italian, but he pulls off German very well. No, he's German. He may be German, but he pulls off German very well. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's a phenomenal actor. Good at what he does. Uh. Yeah, he is he is an absolute phenomenal actor. He's such a fucking talent and we still have him. Uh thank God. Uh the last time I saw him in anything was uh the Iron Sky movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is uh he, he is he is great. He's great in everything. Uh but he saves um he saves Perfori from this patient who likes to kiss and bite. Yep. Um and also noticeably, uh he does have the same bite marks on his lip yeah you can yeah. tell that he's you know he learned this the hard way yep um but he says perfori and he gives him a little bit more backstory on ray yeah it turns out that uh umberto fantori released ray from the hospital uh umberto fantori was part of the flashback that ray had earlier in the movie yes uh and the doctor is just i love it because he is overacting his heart out because he's supposed to. Oh, he's chewing the scenery like a mother. Oh my god, he rules here and he uh he walks over to uh to the wall where there is a plaque uh that's framed and he goes, "I was very fortunate to get Umberto Fentori's autograph on this release form for <laughs> Ray." <laughs> so he's a huge fanboy of the man who basically drove Ray insane. Yeah, right. Um, and it's revealed that, uh, you know, from stress, Ray lost his shit and almost killed his assistant, Giuseppe. Yeah, fuck Giuseppe. <laughs> once again, I cannot help but laugh at the fact that they used the most stereotypical Italian names <laughs> for, like, all of the minor characters. <laughs> like, what do we call this guy? I don't know. Giuseppe. Hey, how about this guy? Giancarlo. <laughs> yeah. Luigi. I'm actually, I'm surprised there's not a fucking Mario Mario in this. <laughs> Mario Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but we see a little bit more of Ray's backstory when he chops off his fingers and he, he actually drives his own assistant insane. Yeah. Uh, which we further see on a small uh, closed caption TV monitor. Uh, This is one of the funnier lines in the movie where he, this is repeated. Um, But before he asks, like, why does he have bandages all over his face? And the doctor's just like, I don't know. It's weird. It's so weird. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, just more, more great writing from the Astron 6 crew. Oh, my God. Uh so we uh, we go home, and Porphyry and his wife, the chief's daughter, Marguerite, have hot, weird Italian sex while the dog watches. Uh, yeah, apparently she got herself a blind, uh, uh, a, a seeing eye blind, fuck, blind eye seeing, she got a dog. His name's Ralphie. Ralphie. He's a good boy. Yeah, uh, and uh, 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 Inspector, he, sm- he chugs a bottle of wine, smashes it, cuts her chest, uh, covers her in glass, covers her in cake. And he's smearing the cake all over his own face. He keeps, yes, he keeps staring at a picture of Cal, uh, who, uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, was Twink uh, from Father's Day. A.K.A. the blonde guy from Astron 6. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... Great actor also. I think he has a writing credit. Yes. Yes, actually. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he, he's throwing cake all over her. He smashes it on her chest, smears it on his face. And once again, the scene ends with him screaming. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Uh, yeah, but then after that, uh, 
Boy, boy, oh boy, do things start to take a a turn for the worst. Take a real turn for the worst. Marguerite is attacked. This is a major Shining reference here, too. Yes. Uh, She's uh, trapped in the bathroom with our killer. Kitchen. Uh, Was it a kitchen? Yeah. She's trapped behind a door with our killer (laughs) uh, while Porphyry tries to break through with an axe. Yeah, and the killer has her face uh, pushed against, uh, has our uh, damsel in distress's face pushed against the wall. Uh, and then after uh, after the inspector lays a few axe swings to the door, moves her face in and gets an axe to the face, Victor Crowley style. Oldest trick in the book. Bingo. Yep. So she gets fucked up. Uh, he is naturally regretful of this. And chops her fingers off. Immediately tries to frame CISO. Yep. Just like whoever else was trying to frame, frame CISO. Uh, but the funniest part about this scene is when... Uh, assistant cop Giancarlo shows up and Porphyry wastes no time just gaslighting the shit out of him. I felt like I was watching an Abbott and Costello skit. Yes. This this fucking scene is genius. It's so funny. He hands him a, a drink. He hands him the axe first. Yep. He's like, and oh, he's like, I'm sorry. I, you just got your fingerprints all over the murder oh, weapon. No, what are we going to yeah. do? Shit. And, and he, he pours him a beer. He pours a beer right away, hands it to him, and then he, what is he, uh, he starts drinking it. He's like, oh, did you see the black guy that was in here? Black uh, guy? <laughs> wait, did you see him? Oh, no, I'm sorry. You probably only said that because you're drinking. Me? I don't drink. I just hold it. A yeah. good man holds a beer. A good man holds a beer. <laughs> I love like, that. You know, you're going to be a great cop one day. And he's like, I already am a cop. He's like, well, you're going to make inspector for this. <laughs> he's, he just fucks with his mind for, you know, a couple of minutes, just convincing him that I didn't just kill a guy. Some guy came in here and did it. Yeah. And this is this is where it gets a little bit mildly racially insensitive. But that's the whole joke where yes. instead of saying a man in black... They just keep calling him a black guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I see what you're going for. I can't help but laugh at it, but still got to dock you a point for minor racism. Uh, And this is where... uh, But hey, you're Italian. This is where, hey, they're not racist. They're just Italian. I've I've Uh, heard that's a great excuse for (laughs) for indiscretions. Is it this where uh, uh, the inspector's just like Giancarlo... Uh, I think you would make really good uh, undercover cop. Yes. Which leads us to the next scene. It just happens immediately. Like, hey, you're going undercover now, buddy. Right away, where uh, Ray Ciso is actually fired as the editor. Yep. And they hire Giancarlo, who apparently knows a lot about film, even though he doesn't. He's a big fan of uh, that famous director, Einstein. Yes. <laughs> so he's he's pulling it off the best he can. He really impresses, uh, what's his name, Mancini, the director? Yeah. Uh, really impresses him with his knowledge of film. Uh, he must have studied overnight. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, he gets Ray fired and takes his place. Um, Porphyry confronts Ray over his past once again and uh, goes home to find that Josephine is uh, obsessing over Cal's acting. Yeah. Oh, God. And w- what is this? A $500 beta machine. She buys the Betamax. Yeah. Yeah, she is watching uh watching Kale's latest and greatest film. Uh so he uh uh Ray goes to the bathroom because apparently somehow bloody clothes ended up in his bag, so he burns the bloody clothes in the bathroom, but also ends up going through the medicine cabinet. Yeah. To another dimension where Bella's there. Some might he call this her... the beyond. Oh. 
I prefer to call it the nether realm. Uh, okay, okay, you could call it that too. I mean, you could call it uh, literally any Jalo trope. I mean, I think something like this happened in Suspiria. Yeah. Um, but uh, he sees uh, Bella about to get murdered. Yes. Uh, uh, well, Bella is um, she's investigating race films. So apparently all of the murders so far have been caught on film and they make their way into Ray's editing booth and Bella is going through them trying to figure out who's actually guilty of these murders. And she gets attacked but she recognizes the killer but we don't because, you know. She she gets attacked by this black guy and <laughs> is immediately scissored. Me timbers. And it's like, what the fuck? You killed Bella. Yeah, but I also like it that there was a little bit of an homage to zombie with the uh, the close-up of the eye. Right into the eye, yep. Uh, right in the eye, but instead the scissors ended up in her chest. Yes. Um. Immediately after, we have Ray attacking Giancarlo for letting her die. He says, you were supposed to be in the booth with my protege, uh, but you weren't. So yep. fuck you. Um, Giancarlo goes back to the booth. Uh, tries to do a little bit of editing just to kind of fit in with his whole undercover shtick. Uh, doesn't, doesn't do a very good job, so he's looking through the editing manual under yeah. spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and naturally, because irony is always hilarious, yep. he, he gets spidered and then gutted. Oh, my God. The guts get ripped out of him and put into the reel-to-reel, so you have intestines from one to another. Yep. Uh, that's a great fucking scene. I mean, it's got to happen at some point in a movie called The Editor, right? Yep. And then after this, we get uh, the Inspector uh, Fintori. Uh, Perfori? Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm thinking of Umberto Fintori, the other uh, the other character. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yes, I I apologize. Let me try that again. Uh, Perfori uh, is Remember, sitting... everybody, he's not Italian. He's just a pervert. Yes, that's right. Uh so uh, he is sitting in uh, in the church reading a newspaper, and the newspaper says, "Local dad raped and burned alive," which is reference to the 2011 Father's Day, my favorite movie. Honestly, yeah, man, that's a great <laughs> fucking movie. Uh, but yeah, they uh, I love this. I love that they they give you a quick little uh, callback to one of their previous films. Oh, that's fun. Kind of uh, puts them in the same universe, you know. Yeah, exactly. And there's a great interaction between uh, uh, Pafori and uh, and the priest. I would like to think that this priest, who again I am just calling Father Priest, um, I would like to think that he has some sort of knowledge of the uh, what was it called, the Fuckman Oy, Father's Day. Uh, the Fuckman. I would like to think that he's the one that ties these universes together. Yeah, you know, I, I, like the Fuckman is just kind of a thing for this guy as well. But uh, I guess more in the context of this movie. Um, Father Priest tells him uh, kind of a brief backstory on what the editors represent. He says that in ancient times, the editors were the bridges to the netherworld. I fucking love that. And it's like, okay. Right, yeah, we'll, we'll in, the, in Roman times. Yeah. yeah, in Roman times. That's what he says. I fucking love that. So, so yeah, much. we'll go with that. And, uh, you know, before he keeps referring to him as wizard, which is fucking great. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. Like just just to draw the parallel between a priest and a fucking wizard—that's <laughs> genius writing right there. Uh, so then, uh, next up, we have Ray getting chased down in a car by Cal, who is pissed that he edited him out of the uh, the new movie. Now that Cesari and uh, the other fucking guy, uh, Claudio, are no longer with us, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, "Well, you know." I was told to to make Ray the star, but it just doesn't fucking work. So he he edits him out. 
Kel gets pissed. Or did I say Ray? I meant Kel. Yeah. Uh, Kel gets pissed and decides decides to menace him with a chainsaw uh, for removing his parts from the film. And he says the hilarious line, uh, what was it? I'll, I'll saw your dick off. Yeah. Yeah, that over was. Over. I think he kind of just repeats that I'll over I'll saw over. your dick off. I'll saw your dick off. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Ray just kind of very stoically comes back at him like, who do you think I am? I'm the editor. I know when you're when you're acting, you blink. I have an eye for this. I have a trained eye. Or, yeah, or trained whatever. eye, trained eye. Yep. Yeah, and he's just he's just kind of a stone cold badass in this. You're he's a got a bad chainsaw right actor. in his face. A bad actor, and I can tell you can't do this. Yeah, you little bitch. <laughs> you're not sawing nothing, you puss. So, Kel retreats, knocks him out with one punch, which I guess is kind of hard. But oh, yeah, uh, hey, man, yeah. Um. We go back to uh, the editing room, where Ray is once again transported to the netherworld and has another vision of the unfortunately deceased Bella. You know, Bella means beauty I did. in Italian. Yeah. I learned that from the show Hannibal. Okay. There you go. That's all I got. That's pretty good. Maybe you are Italian. This whole time? Of course, that would mean you're not a pervert. I mean, I'm I definitely a pervert. Th- so that doesn't really check out. Mm. Can't be both. Can't have your cake and eat it, too. <laughs> That's what they say. I've... Yeah, I've heard that, man. So this is actually, this is one of my my favorite references of the whole movie. Josephine is now reading the book, The Three Mothers. Dude, that is fucking awesome. Which, of course, we all know from your favorite three movies. Oh, yeah. Suspiria, From Beyond, and uh, uh, Mother of Tears. What the fuck was that other one? I think those were the three. Is it just called Mother of Tears? Pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, I fucking hate Suspiria. Those are the three mothers. Yep. What was it? Mother of Tears, Mother of Darkness, and uh, uh, who's the hot one? Uh, mother of Boobs. That's who it was. Yeah. Yep. Unreleased Mother of Boobs. That's a... <laughs> didn't didn't test well. Full cheese uh, classic with the test audiences. <laughs> Argento's classic. Fuck me. Shit. Yeah. So, uh, Josephine gets abducted by Cal, uh, and this is a little bit of an awkward scene, but he. I'm just going to throw it out there. Ah, he rapes her. He rapes her right in front of Ray. Uh, but she's into it. She wants it. Yeah. She uh, she freaks him out with how much she wants it. Yeah. Because he's gay. Yep. Yep. She's not. Nope. But uh, Ray, just, Ray is forced to watch while his wife uh, basically stares him in the eyes and says, yeah, I like what's happening here. And I love that Cal starts saying stop and just goes, I got to go. And then he, he kind of pats him on the shoulder and he's like, hey, I'm really sorry, sorry about, about that, that. man. <laughs> he he regrets yeah. everything by the end of it. He got in a little bit over his head, I think. Yeah, it's kind of, it seems fucked up. This is a testament and also a little bit of foreshadowing shadowing as to exactly how intense Josephine actually is. Yeah, oh yeah. We'll find out, you know, shortly uh, what's actually going on with her. Actually... But- Kind of want to leave the ending out. You think? Kind of want to leave the ending out because I want people to watch this. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, you okay with that? I'm fine with that. How far All do you right. actually want to go? Uh, I want to go to... Uh, let's just keep going and then I'll, I'll say one. All right. So, next we got Porphyry. It's like, it's like uh, anal. I'll say one. <laughs> you always do. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, Sorry. Porphyry is... Uh, here's another uh, Jalo, famous Jalo reference. Porphyry is researching the occult in a library as... Uh, Ray has another netherworld vision of Bella. 
But and there Porphyry are... is menaced by an onslaught of tarantulas. Spiders everywhere. Yes. But I love the fact that he takes care of them <laughs> swiftly just by giving them a couple of quick stops. That's all you have to fucking do. Slaps them away, crushes them. And yeah. He, he doesn't really even seem upset. No. He's just like, what? Yeah, what's going on here? What's with all these spiders? All right. No. I guess I'll move. Yeah, right. I guess I'll take this book into a different room. Uh, <laughs> so he's, it's just a real quick one, but it's like, hey, what kind of an idiot dies in this situation? <laughs> uh, so he goes back to our main guy, Father Priest, the to wizard. discuss his findings. Uh, and Father Priest tells him, you got nothing to worry about with Ray. He's a good Catholic boy. But you need to get that book away from here. That book needs to be destroyed just yeah. like the others. Get it the fuck out of here. Which is totally, like we said, the book from uh, Argento's uh, yep. uh, Films of the Sisters. Yeah. Uh, and I love that uh, uh, Porphyry's coat gets uh, caught on fire. He smacks it out from the book. Uh, fire from the book, and he's just like, wizard, it's just a little bit of fire, no big deal. Yeah, he's totally, like, non-phased by it. Yeah. Um, so then we got a scene where, uh, Cal is fucking Jasmine. I, I, dude, the shit that Cal is wearing here with that, like, brown leather jacket <laughs> and the bedazzled underwear and the boots. Yeah. Is just so awesome. It is, uh, it's quite an ensemble. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's banging Jasmine, but he is fantasizing about Porphyry. Uh, and they quickly get chainsawed. Mm. And this is gory. This is the, this is some good, dude. This is so fucking good, just dude. Some hot, wet chainsaw. Well, gore. We're talking a chain. So she's on top. Yep. And from behind, you get a chainsaw to her trap. Just through the that collar goes. Uh, yep, all the way down. Uh, I want to say about six inches, and it is just such a good fucking scene. I cannot stress enough. The practical effects in this movie are some of the fucking best I've ever seen. Yeah, they know what they're doing with that. They really do. Um, so she gets chopped up, blood splatters all over uh, Kel's face. Kel gets up totally nude. He's hanging dong, flopping it all over the place while he tries some amateur uh, karate moves. Sure. I guess, but he's, as we all know, you can't hold off a chainsaw with just your hands. You need so a lamp. You need something. So he's, yeah. he... Fails at self-defense is all I can say. And yeah. And he gets taken out by the chainsaw as well. Um, they're dead, finally. Dead as fuck. <laughs> We've all been waiting for, for Cal to get what's coming to him, and he he does here. Uh, so then we got Porphyry finding Ray's apartment ransacked and full of occult symbols. Yep. Um, he looks around. He sees a, you know, a diary on the floor that's all Cal's face with chopped out eyes. Uh, he's There's what looks like Zodiac signs kind of smeared on the wall in blood. Yeah. Everything is destroyed. Um, but he eventually finds his way to the fireplace where there is a film can full of fingers. Yeah. And we see where all of these uh, victims' fingers have ended up. So he immediately suspects Ray. Yep. This is his house, right? So uh, he chases Ray in his car <laughs> oh my god and this is one of the funniest chase scenes i mean it's a very competent chase scene for the first kind of half of it uh they got all the right angles you know the cars going down this country italian road uh but they just kind of very casually go off a cliff oh my god so the editor flies off the cliff first and then uh porphyry is just like oh no you don't he just kind of decides to follow him off the cliff. oh my god it's very shallow but there's no it's a it's a short cliff. It's like fifteen feet. It would have killed them. 
they definitely would have died. They would have killed them. But there's no elaborate explosion. There's no like crazy car crash scene or anything. The cars just kind of thunk onto the ground yep. at the bottom of the cliff. And then they slowly pull themselves out of them. At which point, Porphyry holds Ray at gunpoint and says, you're not going anywhere. But of course, he goes somewhere. And I don't yeah. know if this is where you want to stop describing the plot because anything after this may kind of give away the ending. But they, I think uh, I think this is where we should. Uh, they go on yep. a quick chase, and uh, some things happen. Yeah, uh, this is where I, I really want to leave the movie off. Yeah, okay. Uh, the ending to this is phenomenal, and I, it's it's this movie is streaming on Shutter. I highly implore everyone to go to Shutter and watch this fucking movie. Also, Tubi, I believe it's free on Tubi. Right it now. is free on Tubi. Also, I know there's other ways to watch it. You could rent it, or you could do the jail. I don't fucking give a shit if you fucking jailbreak. If, if it, you don't want to see commercials, get Shutter. Yeah, uh, but I mean, guys, don't fucking watch this movie illegally. Watch it on Shutter. Watch it on Tubi. Fucking pay for it. This is such a good fucking film. It's I can't worth it. support Astron Six. Support now. Normally we have a five star rating system here. Scary. Uh, scary's five scary rating system here. I'm giving it six. Okay. I fucking love this movie so goddamn much. There is so much nudity in it. The dialogue is. The dialogue has no right being as good as it is and shitty at the same time. Uh, Astron Six. They paint. The, the the way they fucking put this movie together is phenomenal. Everything in the music, Carpenter Brute is in this fucking movie. Uh, the the EDM whatever the fuck he is. That's my favorite Brute. Uh, my favorite is the one you slap on your face, the kind that Bruce Campbell wears. Yeah, I like uh, Fruit Brute is my favorite. Brute. Fruit Brute. Yeah. Uh, I dude, I just there is nothing. There's nothing I would have done differently about this movie. Um, it's it's an hour and thirty seven minutes. Uh, it does drag a little bit, but it's supposed to because Jalo movies fucking drag. It's all by design. It, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, if you don't like Astron 6, something is fucking wrong with you. Go get your fucking head looked at. Yeah, literally any flaw you find in this movie is your fault. It, it literally is. It literally is. It's it, this, this, this is seriously one of the most perfect movies yeah, I, so I've ever you. seen. Yeah. Sorry, that was harsh. No. I didn't mean that. No, no, dude. I, I love Astron 6. I love this movie. Uh, I hope to God they all get back together and do something else. Please. Uh, Even if it's porno. I mean, especially, I, if, I, it's especially porno. if it's porn. Uh, as a matter of fact, man, I look back at April when we had our almost porn April month. This could have fallen into that. Yeah, it would it would fit the bill. Uh, this is the best Jalo movie, even though it's not actually an Italian film. That's why we saved it for last, everybody. That's exactly why we saved it for last. And I gotta say, I agree with everything that you said about this in your review. I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, easy five out of five for me. Yeah, man. Fucking turn this up to eleven. Hell eleven yeah. scaries. Okay. Just like that band, that Break, fake band. We're breaking the mold here. Breaking it. Uh, breaking the mold, breaking the law, just like Rob Halford. Uh, guys, this is going to conclude our, uh, our Jalo month. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will go back to Jalo again because there are a lot of great Jalo films that we didn't review that I would absolutely love to. We could definitely fill another month. With uh, this. yeah. Burial Ground being one of them. Maybe the, do a little uh, Bava, you know? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry uh, about that. Uh, Demons 2 never happened, <laughs> but Hey, you know what? We'll get Fuck there. Fuck it. We'll get there next time we do Jalo. Um, hey, keep listening, you know? Yeah, man. Keep, uh, keep tuning in. 
Uh, we have some uh, some fun stuff coming up in October. What are we doing in October? Uh, you ever uh, you ever just get like a handheld camera and run around the woods and uh, uh, fucking uh, die, and then the cops find it. And next thing you know, it's a movie. At one time, yeah, yeah, okay. So that's kind of what it is. Wouldn't recommend it. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to be covering every single one of the Halloween movies for the month of October. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> at least like I don't know, two through six, maybe. How does that sound? Uh, We've only got four weeks. No, I think we should just do found footage. Let's do the last four. <laughs> okay, found footage. Let's let's do every Rob Zombie movie for the month of October. Let's just do thirty-one four times in a row. Dude, I don't hate 31. That's fine. Mm. We cannot. (laughs) It's it's not terrible. We literally cannot go one episode without referencing Rob Zombie. Yeah. We went the entire fucking episode until now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Love hey. each other. Yeah. And uh, I. Uh, what else do you say? C- care? I don't fucking know. Care for one another. Hey, right, there it is. And uh, guys, fucking keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky. Yeah. Damn, that's scary.